If your intro is really loud, don't get I too close to the I mic. Understand. But besides that, be yeah. close to the mic. Are right, you ready? Yeah. Oh, you backed up. <laughs> it's not that bad. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> no, that's not bad. Should I like clap so you know? Just, just do it. It's not actually. I'm not even gonna scream. It's not. I'm just talking. All right. Hey. All right. Go. Boys and girls, gather around. Come one, come all. It's time for Nacho Mama's Christine Podcast. Welcome back to Nacho Mama's Christine Podcast. Good podcast. Don't take yourself too seriously. I am your host, Shane, here again, yet again, with my brother, Eric. I like how you said that. You backed up and was like, eh, it's not going to be that bad, actually. And then it was obnoxiously loud it again. Nah, nah, nah. It wasn't that bad. It, wasn't that it, bad. Was, it was just as bad nah, 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 as all bad. the other ones. Hey, everybody. <laughs> did you guys miss us? We haven't been around for a little while. Yeah, yeah. It's been a little... This quarantine has really like made life a little harder with stuff. Plus, people don't listen to podcasts as much. So we're, yeah. this is a chance for people to catch up on some mm-hmm. because uh, we're seeing our plays. It wasn't as high as normal because a lot of people we found listen to in the car yeah. when they go to work. That's when I listen not, to a lot of podcasts. And when you're not going to work, you're not listening to it as much. So, um, yeah. So, sorry for the delay. Yeah. We'll hopefully be as consistent as we can. But summer gets harder uh-huh. and uh, get over it. Yeah. I do apologize to the NYMers who yes. pay money. <laughs> yeah. and we were not giving them... <laughs> Then the product. Um, hey, but, um, yeah. is 2020 the worst year that you could ever remember? Absolute worst year, yeah. I it's, mean, it's very terrible. There's like, there's a few years that I can go back in my life and look back and be like, oh, yeah, that year wasn't that, that great. And then there's other years where I'm like, that was a really good year, you know? And th- it's like, we're halfway through it. I've ne- I cannot ever remember or think of a worse year than 2020. Whenever people talk about how terrible 2020 is, they, they do a list. And on that list is always murder hornets. Yeah. You know them? You know, there was literally one. Are you serious? Yeah. There was one murder hornet that was found that came from China. Yeah. And they made sure it didn't pop. It didn't like populate or whatever. And that's it. So, so like, how, that's did it, not... how did it become such a big thing then? Because it's called murder hornets. <laughs> so be, it's called murder yeah. hornets. So people like, yeah, they're like, oh, this, this is crazy. And it's just another thing to add on to it. I mean, there still was one. And it's not actually yeah. going to murder you. It's right. not the worst thing, but it's still terrible. And they're huge, right? They're very big. Um, it was from, I don't know if it's from China or somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it came most likely into like a loading, like something that was shipped overseas. And that's how it got here. Yeah. Um, well, that's how they all get over here, right? And that, wasn't that the case with like stink bugs? Was it? I don't know. Stink bugs are still freaking around. Oh, I know. No-, no, no, I know. But I mean, like, that's how they get, they because they're not normal. They're not from here. They're not indigenous to North America. Yeah. And they came from somewhere like on a shipping container or whatever. And yeah. uh, with some like, I don't know, crops, <laughs> yeah. know, produce or whatever. And then they, all of a sudden now they're, they're everywhere, at least on the East Coast. But they don't, you know what? Stink bugs don't bother me as much as other ones. No, they were for a while. They were just annoying. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you can just catch them and throw them outside. Yeah, and they, and they do smell a little bit. Yeah, but, but we that, had that. that yeah, we had that, and we had obviously we're still dealing with coronavirus stuff. Mm-hmm. It seems to be everything starting to be starting to reopen. I mean, things luckily didn't get as bad as they predicted it would be. Yeah, New York is terrible. California is terrible. But everywhere else is not nearly as bad. Plenty of hospital beds at this point. Plenty mm-hmm. of ventilators at this point. And I think that's um, because of all of the precautions that were taken 
to to because the goal was to to flatten the curve, right? That's what they kept saying, and yeah. so try to not let it get as bad as it could have gotten, and as yeah. it did in other parts of the world. Yeah. So, but we're yeah, not through I, it yet. We're not done with it yet. I know, but I don't see even if things spike because of well, like this past weekend because the protests this past week. I don't see them closing things back up. I don't see people allowing that to happen again. It could like, happen in the winter, though. I know, but I do not see people willfully and willingly doing that again. I just don't see it. I understand. I don't see. Yeah. I don't see a bunch. I see more protests if they try to do that because it's not just because people want to get back to normal lives. It's not yeah. just that. Mm-hmm. It's also that there's businesses being shut down. Like yeah. there's our church in Sykesville. We've met people that are that are coming to our food pantries because their business shut down. Right. We've right. met. We've seen businesses that have closed forever because mm-hmm. of all this. Mm-hmm. And I get we had to do it. And I also get that no one knew what we were doing, yeah. <laughs> which is a big thing. So, like, none of us knew what this was. None yeah. of us knew how to react to it. We just went with the experts. Yeah. The experts seemed to change their mind constantly yeah. about oh, stuff. Yeah, they definitely did. They, and because they, they were mass. learning. They were learning yeah. about it. Everyone's learning. So we're getting it all figured out. But now with everything that's been going on this past week, <laughs> um, it's like I forget that we're even in a pandemic I at know, this point. I know. It's like I wanted to to forget about the coronavirus, but not like this, right? Yeah. Like that nobody I mean, nobody wanted this to be the, the situation. It's it's so sucks that this is the the state that our world and that our country is in and it's just it's just disheartening to see across the board. Yeah. So we were before we got on, Shane and I were talking about it like, well, I feel like we have to talk about what happened yeah because like it's literally all that people are talking about we had a birthday yeah. party for erica yesterday and literally i had like a 20 minute conversation with a lot of people mm-hmm. about it we're all yeah. talking about it but the protests he- george floyd yeah. police brutality yeah black lives matter all black those lives matters, all that the thing that we're not sure about when it comes to talking about it and and this is and we don't even really know where this is going to go honestly we did not piece this together no. we did not script this out we're just going to talk out loud Mm -hmm. is we understand who we are two white dudes um and we there's times where we feel like we have to like say things about stuff especially as pastors Mm -hmm. i do feel like there is a responsibility that we have to talk about stuff and we we have a voice that is important so Mm -hmm. we need to talk about it but this is something that's like i don't know what to say yeah um and i feel like sometimes we're too much at like we got to say something when this seems like a time period for me personally mm-hmm. and you you too of not saying as much but more just like mm-hmm. listening to what other people have gone through listening to what is true and what we can do about it right and right. that's our struggle with even we're having this discussion today yeah. is what do we say about it because yeah. like we don't want to say stuff we just want to hear other people this is so hard because you and i are both pastors of a church so there are people who do want to hear our voice and not that not that either of us think that we have a lot to say by any means but we are leaders in a community and we are pastors of smaller churches but we are still leaders and so this is a time where people are looking to leaders or to uh, to other people for something to say but then the dangerous part is like okay I'm getting like to the point where it's like, okay, every single person is, and I'm, we are speaking from the perspective of white guys, as you said, 
And, uh-huh. you know, a lot of people feel like, okay, well, I have to say something. And it's like, yeah, but okay, now you got every white person s- making a, a Instagram post or a, a video or whatever. Like, hey, I just feel like I needed to speak up, which is good. Like, we should speak out against racism. But then it's also I see other people saying your silence speaks volumes and, and your silence is not helping. And then I see other people saying where were you this whole time? You haven't been saying anything. You haven't been speaking up. And now you want to come in as the white savior and fix everything or make a make a social media post. And now, oh, okay, racism is fixed. Obviously, that's not the case. So it's like it is – our heart is we don't know what to do or how to help. We want to help. Yeah. But we don't know how. And because we don't know how, what I've been trying to do is just learn – educate myself, listen to other people. And that's why I'm wrestling with this right now because it's like, what do I have to say about this? Like, yeah. I don't know the experience of black people and, and what they've gone through. I have, I have many black people in my life who I deeply care for and deeply value, but I have not lived their life. I don't know what what the the injustices that they have gone through. I can hear about them and listen to them, but there is no way for you or I to truly understand it. So that's why I'm so hesitant to speak out about anything and it's and if it is even necessary for me or helpful for me to speak out. I honestly don't know. Yeah, that's that's the same struggle I have. Uh, what you just said, is it helpful for me to even say anything right. is where I'm struggling. Is this helpful that I say something or would it be more helpful for me to shut up yeah. and just listen? Like, Because I'm seeing posts from, like you said, like friends of ours or people that we know on Facebook that we're not really friends with that for some reason I'm friends with on Facebook. <laughs> That <laughs> maybe you I, were like ten years ago or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, maybe like I I met them three times somewhere, and now for some reason we're friends. That that are posting stuff that are like yelling at other people about oh. what they're not doing. It's like, yeah, but maybe you should just shut up too. Cause yeah, like, yeah. Because I get it. Like we all want to. It. A lot of it comes back to a pride thing, and what I'm worried about right now is this is the popular thing culturally mm-hmm. currently. So I'm worried that people are going to speak up a lot about this right now, and then when this dies down mm-hmm. in popularity-wise, yeah, um, that all of a sudden now no one's going to then the, all those same people are going to be done talking about it. Right. And it's like, well, yeah, things has things really changed though? Because <laughs> are yeah. they still going through the same thing? And I even found myself two days ago struggling with like I was seeing uh, every time I go on Twitter or mm-hmm. Facebook <laughs> or whatever, which I'm like close to getting off all of them honestly, but every time I go to it. I see another protest. I see something else that um, about it, what's going on. I see more videos of cops that are hurting protesters. I see more yeah, videos terrible. of protesters doing riots. And I, and I got a point like, I'm just kind of sick and tired of all this stuff that I'm seeing. And then I thought about it. I was like, man, isn't it so nice for me right? <laughs> to be able to be <laughs> sick and tired of it and I can just stop watching it and my life will go on like normal. Right. Like, that's, so then that's it's like, our privilege. <laughs> so then, and then even like I, and then the hard part is like, I, I, I'm trying to understand all sides of things as like a pastor and someone that understand. And like, I hate being forced to be on a side. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand. I, I want to be all for 
uh, the Black Lives Matter movement. I hate when people say, well, all lives matter. Oh. I think that's stupid. And we've all gone, and like, and you all already know all the reasons why that's stupid. I think people are trolling for that, mm-hmm. to doing that personally, but that's a whole other thing. But then, like, the actual organization, Black Lives Matter, I don't agree with everything that they do. So now I'm like, God, what do I do? Because yeah. I do believe Black Lives Matter, and I do believe we need to point that out, plus other races that are also discriminated against. And that's not my race. But I don't, ah, I just yeah. don't know what to do politically now. Like, how do I vote? Like, it's all just. It's and it's all, I'm being forced to pick sides yeah. by our leadership and by our media, and I don't want to pick a side. Yeah. I just want to just. Yeah. Listen, it's it's crazy. I don't know. And uh, for the oh, sorry, you froze for a second. Um, the cesspool yeah, yeah. that is social media is just sickening. And I mean, I, I'm I'm like you, where I'm like, okay, I'm done with this. Like, I can't even spend any time on it. And that is the luxury of the option of participation as a white person. Right, as a uh, who who propaganda said that <laughs> propaganda said that in a King's Kaleidoscope song. Right, just close yeah. your browser, like right, like you would. I could close my browser and live in my own little bubble and not have to face racism. Nearly, and I mean, I wouldn't have to face racism if I if I wanted to. So that is the luxury of the option of participation as a white person. Um, but with that being said, man, social media is a mess. And, uh, and I think that it is the most a mess because of the quote-unquote woke white culture. <laughs> and a lot of, I don't know, it's just, it's just a disaster. And, um, you know, I think that it's, it's important that, that we aren't completely silent. Um, it's, it's, it's important to be able to discern when to speak up and when to shut up. And very few of us are good at that, myself included. <laughs> I don't know when is the best time to do that and when is the, the worst time to do that. And I'm trying to figure it out. The, the main thing that I don't want to do is whatever the wrong thing is. And I don't always know what that is. I mean, like, I'm not talking about the obvious, like standing up against racist family members or, or f- friends of ours or people in my life who I see who, are, who treat other people poorly because of their skin color. Like, yeah. th- that's not even what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, which obviously we have to do. Let's make uh-huh. no, no mistake about it. That is part of our responsibility. But when it comes to like, what is, is it helpful? Is it not helpful as we were talking about? And like, a lot of people say, you know, silence is just, is just as bad as, as racism in a lot of ways because our silence is allowing it to continue on. But I don't know how much of that actually applies to social media because what if you are not active on social media? You know what I mean? Like, like I, I don't really use social media very often. And there are people who I know of who like haven't logged into social media in weeks or months. Doesn't mean that they don't know what's going on in the world, but like, is is that person required to post about what's going on? Because they don't use it at all. Do, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know mm. if social media is the lens that we should view somebody's silence through. I I also um, don't know who's making the rules. Yeah. Either. Yeah. Like yeah. like who made the rule of if I'm silent then it's because I'm agreeing. Right. Like I don't know. Like I I think that there's a lot of people that want to do what's best and have no clue. Let's here's an example: the black 
box thing, right? That that a yeah. lot of people posted on Tuesday for Blackout Tuesday. Yep. Um, and a lot of people put like hashtag Black Lives Matter. And then all of a sudden you're getting reports, hey, don't use that hashtag because it's blocking out all the communication for Black Lives Matter. It's like, we're just trying to help yeah. and we don't know how. And how who how do we even know the rules? And it even goes deeper than that. How do we know what's true and what's not true? Mm-hmm. What's fact and what's not fact? We can't, our news sources are not reliable anymore. Yeah. Our social media is for sure not reliable anymore. So like, how do we even know what is true? Yeah. And, <laughs> and that, how do we discern it? Mm-hmm. And how do we know what's, uh, just an opinion base that that's it's a lot of us are struggling with that part and i think most people want to help and be on the same page and just feel helpless and not knowing how and if they, they do something that they think's helping they yell that because it's actually not helping from somebody that made a rule they didn't know was a rule yeah and that speaks to our our being uneducated in sometimes but or sometimes it just speaks to the fact that it's always getting it's politicized to, yeah. and and you're all, and people are always trying to judge someone's heart when they don't know it. Right. Like sometimes it's un, it's we're not educated. Mm-hmm. But do you think me posting a black square saying Black Lives Matter is me being uneducated, or is it someone changing the rules on me that I didn't know there were rules? Well, the problem is we can't look at it as if because we care about Black Lives and we and we believe Black Lives Matter, right? But we can't look at okay within as white guys. Okay, here's the one voice from the from the entire black community. That there yeah. isn't one, and yeah. there is division among the black community just as there's division among the white community or any other community. There is no such yeah. thing as one voice of a race or or a generation or a gender or whatever you want to put in the yeah. blank. And because there is no one voice, yeah. we can say one thing that may that that may agree with some people from the, from the community and disagree with other people, and that's why. There is so much confusion as to how do I help? Am I helping? And and I hope that people can really hear our and and I hope that you know that Eric and I have are like so nervous about this conversation because mm-hmm. it is such a tricky, slippery, and dangerous conversation for us to have. And our heart is entirely built on we want to love people and we want to help people. And we and we understand that there is terrible racism in our world. There is systemic racism built into our country. We understand all of that, and it's like uh, we hate it. I absolutely hate it, and I understand my privilege in all of this that I have not experienced that. And we want to help, but how? I don't. I don't have the answer to that. Mm-hmm. All that. All that. I, and so this is. I'll just let you know what I have been trying to do. For me, as a pastor, I'm like, okay, I want to listen to to my community that I know that I'm close to. So I've been talking to some people. I've reached out to other pastors who have a more extensive background in studying racial injustice. I called a pastor friend of mine um, uh, who who went to school to study racial injustice, and he uh-huh. he is a white white pastor. Uh, but he is in a very multicultural, diverse congregation. So I called him, talked to him. How how can I learn about this? I spoke to um, a, a friend of ours who, who who is black, and I've I've tried to listen t- to that person. Uh, and now I've started reading a book called uh, White Fragility, um, and uh, and oh, I forget the author's name, Robin something. I just started reading it this past weekend, and uh-huh. it's speaking to how fragile white people are when it comes to racism because 
we don't want to be accused of racism. And many white people, now we're not talking about the white nationalists or white supremacists, you know, KKK, Supremacist, yeah. supremacists. We're not talking about that, okay? We're talking about the casual white person who does not believe that we feed into systemic racism or racism in our culture. We're not overtly racist. But if you are not anti-racist, then there is a problem there. It's not enough to just sit on the sidelines and not participate, right? We have to be anti-racist in our world now because there is racism. And if we there if you try to talk about that with a bulk of the white community, we can get so defensive because we're like, I'm not racist. I and and what's the line? I have black friends, right? And maybe you do, right? And I, that's fine, but like there is this whole culture in the white community, which we can speak to because that is a culture that we are in, where if you were to say, hey, you probably have participated in some sort of racism in some form, whether intentionally or not, we can get defensive and slam our fists on the table. No, I am not a racist. I love black people. I do whatever it is. And we get so defensive and we're so fragile because we know it's a bad thing, racism is. And and we don't want to participate in that. But if you are not actively anti-racist, then we're not doing enough. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, but I think that would – I understand – and I haven't read the book or anything. I'm, I understand I'm literally saying. in the first chapter. So I don't <laughs> – like I'm just getting yeah. into this. And, and it's like – and it is eye-opening even just in the introduction in the first chapter. Yeah, yeah. And I do – I don't – I obviously understand that. Like Jim Crow was not that long ago, right? Right. Like right. black people weren't allowed to use the same water fountain not that long ago. Right. <laughs> so like, I mean, black people weren't allowed to vote until the 1960s. So of course, why wouldn't that have repercussions right. today? Right. Of course it would, and that's it is what it is. You can call it what you want, but of course it's going to have repercussions. Mm-hmm. The the question then becomes, okay, well, how do we fix that now today? And that's where people get debate on stuff. I think why some and I'll speak for the for white people because we're white. I think why why some people, especially white people, that um, jump so hard against that, mm-hmm. um, against like I'm not racist, is because again uh, I, I kind of already said this, but we're forced to pick sides yeah. and narratives, and at times we're we're being told if you're racist because you like Donald Trump, mm-hmm. you're racist because you're Republican. It's like no, I'm not. So then that pushes people so hard. To to do that, when, yeah, they're not they're not they're not trying to be racist, and but they're also don't necessarily know how to fight for. I don't know. It's that that's the confusing part for me. Yeah, I I, and I might be wrong in doing this, but I genuinely believe most people have the best interest of the rest of people at heart, or they want to. Like as long as as long as they get theirs. Because people are selfish by nature first. Yes, potentially. But I understand that. All people are that way, mm-hmm. right? And that's not a race thing. That's nothing else. Right, that's right. people yes, general, yes. right? But I, I, I don't know. I have trouble like, like thinking about like police officers. And, and we, we would think, and I would say, not being very educated about it, but there needs to be some kind of change. I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. I, a lot of people are talking about qualified immunity. I don't know. I understand the argument against it. I understand that. And I've heard, I haven't had enough people talk about the argument for it. Yeah. So I haven't talked to enough police officers to, 
to really hear their side of things, mm-hmm. to really hear what's going on. I do believe that there's major changes need to happen. We talked about this before we recorded. Like it's almost like gun laws. Like I'm off. I'm. I understand the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. I understand the purpose of it. But I still believe there needs to be something that's done about stricter gun laws. Right. That's how I feel about police officers right now. Mm-hmm. There needs to be something done to to figure out a better system. Whether it's it's figure out what's going on with the union, whether it's qualified immunity. I don't know what it is. I don't have enough knowledge to even speak on it. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to. But here's what I do. I do believe that most police officers want what's best mm-hmm. and most police officers are are not trying to be racist but what we're finding is that when there's a bad apple which people use but i hate that mm-hmm. that it, it results in killing a minority right like there's some i think chris rock said it this way yeah, there's some i heard this. there's some there's some people there's some uh, jobs that there can't be bad apples can't have bad apples when it comes to pilots or they're going to crash a plane and kill people mm-hmm. police officers have to be one of those things we can't just have people that happen to sit on a dude's neck or kneel on a dude's neck and kill him yeah. you can't just it can't happen it's not it's not freaking the gap right yeah. <laughs> if you have a bad apple you can just it's it's not that so it needs to be changed i just i don't know if i'm just being too optimistic but i believe people want change and want what's best for everybody mm-hmm. and at times I understand that but I, I just try not to get baited into the the picking sides thing and that's what's so hard I don't know what stats look at I don't know what facts look at I don't know yeah and I don't know where to vote I don't know what to do because like I'm a I'm highly against abortion especially because the reason why Planned Parenthood started look where Planned Parenthoods were look at the history of it it started in African-American communities mm-hmm. what do you think the correlation is there so there's a lot that goes into it, and I don't know what to do about it. Yeah. So it's, well, I just that's that's our that's that's what I think that's where we need to start is that we have to be active in learning, and we have to be active in reaching out to other people who know more about the situation than we do, and that that is where our job comes in. I know far too many white people who just go, "I'm not racist. I'm not part of the problem," and then sit there and don't do anything else. And that's a problem. That's a big problem. If we just sit there and say, well, I'm not one of the racist ones, uh, so, so I'm good. I've done my, my work. No, you haven't. You've done nothing. Then what, then what do they do? What you can do is reach out to other people who in, in different walks of life than you. That could be a different race. It could be a, a good place to start, even though I'm, I'm never saying this because we are pastors, is if you, if you are a Christian – it it should be these conversations should be happening in the church and a way for us to learn about it, right? So we do need to go to religious leaders. Um, we need to talk to our uh, other churches in different cultures as well and learn. And we cannot just sit on our butts and do nothing and not learn anything. We we have to. We ha- it's not at this point. It should not be an option. We need to go above and beyond in learning because you and I, our whole conversation right now is we don't know. So how do we get to a place where we know more? Not know everything, but know more. And it speaks to our privilege as as white people to not have even been forced to think about these things throughout most of our life, most of our lives. That speaks to our privilege. And so it is so vital and necessary for us to try to learn, not say, okay, I understand now because we never will, but try to learn. So that means doing research. That means doing some work and 
getting information from multiple sources, not just one source. And I don't even have the, I've seen so many people sharing like that on their Instagram story. You want to learn, go and read these books, go and read those books, go and look into them and getting perspective, not from one person or from one race or one culture or one gender, but multiple. That's the only way we can learn about the diversity that we have. And the, the diversity in the world is such an amazing, great thing. I love that, that people are different. That's great. We need to learn about one another. I don't want to be stuck in my own little white suburban bubble. I, that's not where I want to find myself. Now, that's where I am, but I want to go beyond that and be able to relate to other people and learn from other people because I know that my way of living is not the only way of living. And as a pastor, especially, if we're going to continue to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, I can't do it from only my little bubble. You can't. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not going to be effective. Yeah. Uh, I, I just think, I'm trying to figure out the best way to word this. Mm-hmm. Uh I think that there are people that are just trying to also figure out how they do and live life as well. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like they aren't not learning about other races and cultures because they hate them. It's just, they're just trying to survive also. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's fair. And I just, I, I right now it's, it's such a thing where it's, it's become so, it's the popular thing to do now is to learn and listen. And as for you and me, obviously we should be because we're, we're in a position mm-hmm. as a community leader that we need to be aware of the entire community and the community is diverse. Right. But I'm just trying to think of that person who is a white guy who is just trying to make ends meet right now, trying to figure out how they live mm-hmm. their life. Now they're being told you're racist because you haven't taken the time to learn. It's like, I'm barely living. Like, mm-hmm. does that make sense? What I'm saying Yeah. there, but at the same time, when we continually see video after video after video of a specific group of people being murdered or hurt, yeah. Like when we continue to see that, then we got to think, okay, what do we do? But then the worry is, okay, but then if I what if I do something, then am I being a white savior? Mm-hmm. Like I listened to Kevin Hart. Um, this was actually before all this stuff happened, and he one thing, one great thing he started doing because of who he is, because of where he came from, he is able to do this because of who he is, where he came from. If I do it, it's like I'm being a white savior. But someone like Kevin Hart, who came from, I can't remember, I think he was might be from Chicago. I don't Philadelphia. He's from oh Philadelphia. yeah, he is. Yeah. Inner city, understood all that stuff. Now that he has learned how to, now that he's rich and knows how to do all that stuff, he started organizations that go back and go to um, the communities in the inner city and specifically African American communities mm-hmm. and teach them just how to use money because no one teaches them that. Yeah. No one teaches them about a bank account and building interest and and loans when it comes to houses. Like no one teaches them that. And then you the question be, okay, well how, why not? Is it because that of the welfare system where you can't only have one parent in the house? Is it mm-hmm. because there's too many people too many um, dads in, in prison? Like, I don't know the answer is all that. But he is going back and trying to teach them and educate them. So there's that's the I don't even know what point I'm honestly trying to make. But I just think that we're we're being taught told we need to learn. Yeah. And I think a lot of us want to learn and just don't know exactly how to learn or necessarily know 
what what time we have to learn about it. I want to learn, so I'm listening to people like John Oliver, <laughs> who is coming from one side perspective of like a uh, liberal Democrat, and I'm listening to other people like that's a more conservative side. And what know what it does to me after I do that? Like, crap, you. Now, I don't, <laughs> now I don't know which one. Yeah. <laughs> so like, is this right? Is this right? And then that's the hardest part. I think that we're we're getting to a point where we're too quick to say you're racist because you're not doing this when people aren't trying to be people genuinely want what's best for the community for the most part not everybody mm-hmm. i understand not everybody i understand we need to do something about police officers i just i don't want to be so quick to tell people that they're racist because they aren't a democrat mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. like i think we need to call out when people just genuinely say all lives matter it's like okay do, like don't whatever but it's I don't know. That's yeah. I'm more just talking out my butt at this point. But but that that gets back to that to the white fragility that I was talking about from the book that I'm reading. It's like it, white people just get so defensive when it comes to that. And I agree where there's there, there are a lot of people who want to learn and want to do things but don't know how or where to start. But I kind of tend to believe that the majority of those people who say, "Well, where do I start? I don't know what to do." I think that it isn't necessarily a. Um, a com- there is confusion involved, but I think that the main reason that they're not is because of laziness and because, oh, I don't, I don't know where to start. And really, it's just I just don't want to sit down and read a book about it. I just don't want to do my own research and find out information about it. Like that's – I mean maybe, but there's no way to actually know no, that. No, there right? isn't. There isn't. But what I'm trying to say is I'm trying to challenge anybody who's listening who if that's you. It's like – I don't th- I don't think that it is that hard to do some research and f- learn. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think it's that hard. Now, you could you can get into, you know, you, the the problem is you got to go to some trusted sources first. Friends that you trust, people that you respect, who you feel like are wise people and if you talk to somebody who you feel is a wise person that you trust, and they say, I don't really know either, then go to somebody else. Or maybe you two together then connect your resources to find out more sources of information where you can learn and educate yourself. Like there are ways to educate yourself. And I I think it's kind of a cop-out to just kind of be like, "Ah, I don't know where to go or who to trust or what to look at. That's where research comes in. And that's why you need to look at who the author is, uh, the the organization behind whatever information you're getting and what they believe. And, and, and you need to find things that, that you, that, that not, not necessarily only align with what you already believe, but organizations where you can, at least somewhat see their heart and know that they are trying to do the right thing. Whether you agree with all of their ideology or not is, is another story, but we're not, it's, it's a bad thing if we only read things that, that we already agree with, right? Like we can't do that. Like th- yeah. that doesn't help you grow. That doesn't help educate you. So you need, it, it, we should be reading things that we don't agree with so that we understand different things because nobody has Nobody has the royal flush in life, right? Nobody has uh-huh. uh, all their cards where it's like, yep, I've got it all figured out. I, the, the, my ideology is flawless. My ideology is perfect. Nobody has that. And so since we don't have that, if you only read things that agree with what you already believe in, then you are doing yourself a disservice and you're not educating yourself. We have to read and learn from other people, even if we're like, I know I don't agree with this person, but I want to hear what they have to say. Do some research. It isn't. I think it's just a cop out to be like, I don't know. 
I think you just need to do some work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think it's easy for you and me to say that because now that it's part of our job, but we have the freedom and the time to make that part of our job. I, I, I'm just trying to... What I'm trying to say is I think there's things that make it a lot harder to just... Yeah, we can all learn. We can all read different stuff. But like our social medias are working against us because yeah. the algorithms are created to give you what you want. So then all of a sudden, it's constantly being pushed that bias against you. So it's just so much deeper than just like, yeah, do the research and just figure it out. I for sure agree we should be continuing growing and challenging our beliefs. And I'm I'm under the component that I don't understand why we have to be on on a side as in if I'm Republican, I have to believe these things and that's my i now yeah. have to believe those i don't understand why especially as far as jesus we can't just be umpires and i can just say i i'm for this and i'm also for this i i also believe that's a big thing just that we should be more talking about what we're for and not as much what we're against mm-hmm. too many people telling us what we're against and it, and then i was talking to erica about this too but we were trying to figure out okay how do we like bring this up with our kids how does this get brought up with them? Like, what do we, do we talk about what's going on? Yeah. Camden asked me yesterday, three years old, she asked me yesterday, what is Black Lives Matter? As a three-year-old. What? Say again. And I was, and I was Say it again. You went Oh, out. sorry. Yeah, I froze. Uh, my daughter, who's three, yesterday asked me, Daddy, what is Black Lives Matter? Because she- How did she even see that? She, <laughs> she heard it somewhere. I don't know. And she literally asked me, what is Black Lives Matter? And I was caught so off guard. Because like, how do you explain that to a three-year-old? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what Erica and I decided to do, and again, this goes back to this is our intention. And I'm sure someone can listen to this and be like, see, that's wrong. You shouldn't be doing that. It's like, you know what? I'm doing what I'm doing what's best that I think will show love to everybody. Mm-hmm. And I think if we all get to that point, yeah. and sometimes love is sacrificing, sometimes love is understanding, like you were saying. So that's what I'm trying to do. So when it comes to our kids, we're like, how do we bring this up? How do we talk about this? And, I, and we came to the conclusion of, you know, we're just not going to bring it up. When it gets brought up, we will brought it, bring it up. But I want to point out the differences to them. We went to Target the other day, mm-hmm. and um, they wanted a black barbie uh-huh. and and right away inside i was like why i mean that's not and then in my head i'm like why am i thinking that yeah. i said yeah of course you can have that so like if, i feel like at this point if i bring it up i'm gonna point out something they didn't even know was a thing right <laughs> does that make sense yeah like they are not no one's born racist they're born innocent it, it doesn't seem like brooklyn savannah know any difference between races at this point or that it's even a thing yeah so i didn't want to then bring be like okay let me just teach you that there is races and a lot of people don't agree like so we just decided we're not going to bring it up until it's brought up and we're going to show through our actions mm-hmm. like and then when we are challenged like when they want to buy a black barbie and my initial response is why would you do that that's not you i gotta go oh crap there it is right there mm-hmm. i didn't even realize it was there yeah. like challenge myself and we need to show that model but and i think that's what the best thing we can do is figure out okay what does love require of me mm-hmm. what does love for everybody require of me mm-hmm. and what can we do we're seeing this over and over again and again what can we do for for change and but the th- but it might we might not what happens when we don't agree with what needs to be done for change mm-hmm. that's when it gets harder and that's i don't know so what we're trying to do is just in our community that God has given us, what can we do to make life better for everybody? And specifically what we do to when it comes to the racial divide and where we are. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to see what opportunities we have. Cause I don't know what it is, Yeah, but I want to do something. I don't want to sit here helpless and be like, well, it 
it's not going to affect me. So, oh, well. Yeah. And I, that is a, a, a growing sentiment in, in the white community of, well, I need to do something. And sometimes it's like, sometimes doing something can make it worse. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. if we, if you, you could do something and do the wrong thing, you know? So like, that's why I'm trying to be slow in, in, in understand and make sure that I understand more than I currently do before just like deciding, okay, I'm going to do something just because I need to do something and I need to be active. It's like, that isn't always the best way to do it either. So it's just all around a difficult, difficult country and world to, to, to be in. And it always has been since sin has been brought into the world. That's been no different. And, and I hope that, that you aren't, li- that people aren't listening to this thinking that we are complaining about our position because we're not by any means. Like we are not trying to compare us trying to figure out how to help to what black people have gone through in our country. Not by any means. And I, I know that that isn't what, what has come. I hope that is not what has come across. I don't think it Sometimes is. Sometimes at, but- at, as we're going and we're talking and then, and then later somebody may be offended by something that we said or something that we did. And it's like, man, I, that, that was never my intention. Um, but we are trying to honestly and openly and transparently talk about the things that are, that, that are going on and the things that we do see and, and our perspective. All that I can speak to is my perspective. We're, I think we made it pretty apparent that this is us just being vulnerable and talking. Yeah. Whatever comes out. So I'm for sh- I for sure believe that one of us, if not both of us, have said things that someone else listening and don't like it. Yeah. And listen, we're just talking. Yeah. <laughs> like we don't know exactly the best thing. We we are both humble enough where we can we are willing to admit if we're wrong about stuff. Mm-hmm. I my opinions are continually changing because of different things I'm reading. I'm trying to learn more and it might go back. I'm willing to be flexible yeah. um but at the end of the day to to kind of more close on a positive note we just want what's best mm-hmm. and i do believe that what is happening now is going to lead us to things that are going to get better i believe it's as it's as good as it's ever been in our country right now i'm not saying it's perfect i'm saying that there's a long way to go but we are as good as we've ever been in our country right now i do believe that Still a long way to go. We are not going to settle for this because there's still, like we said, the bad apple illustration. There's still people that are getting their lives taken unjustly. And we, as far as Jesus, we're going to stand up for the innocent, for the poor, for the vulnerable, and we are going to demand justice about stuff. Yeah. But I found this on faith. Oh, go ahead. Go I was ahead. just saying your comment there that this is the best that our country's ever been, which I agree with, speaks to the oppression that black people have faced throughout history and speak to the oppression that women have faced throughout history and, and other minorities. It it speaks to that oppression and that blows my mind because as we've already said, we are heartbroken over everything that is happening in our country. And this is the best it's ever been. It doesn't blow my mind because sin is so real and that's what this is. It's a result of sin. Mm -hmm. Like racism is sin. So, and I, I understand how it happens because yeah. people are selfish. People naturally um, think differently of people that are different than them. Mm-hmm. Not naturally, but they, they learn and grow and do that. And then when you have a uh, society that not that long ago was mm-hmm. purposely <laughs> hurting um, and discriminating against races, then of course we're going to see repercussions of that. And a yeah. lot of things are taught, things like that. But I, I'm just going to, unless you have anything else to add, I was gonna, just going to close with some positive things. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Um, 
And again, I'm I'm getting this from uh, things I've seen on Facebook. So if any of this is incorrect, <laughs> which it could be, I haven't fact checked all this. Uh-huh. But um, we've this has been like the most fun conversation, but a necessary conversation that we're going to continue continuing to have. But here's some things that I that we have seen that's already been accomplished because we've seen protests before, and it's like okay, this protest is going to go and it's going to be gone. But yeah. it seems like this time it's different, mm-hmm. right? It seems like things are changing. Like even the NFL is re- apologizing for past actions, which they so, don't apologize yeah. for anything. <laughs> yeah, and they will never mention. Colin Kaepernick's name no, ever. No. Like they'll never give him one. But here's some of the um, things that has happened because of some of the protests that has happened uh, recently. Uh, within 10 days of sustained protests, Minneapolis has banned the use of chokeholds. Mm-hmm. Um, charges are upgraded against Officer Coven and his accomplices are arrested and charged. Um, let's see. Dallas adopts a duty to intervene rule that requires officers to stop other cops who are engaging in inappropriate use of force, which which I think that's a huge issue mm-hmm. of that fraternity feel where you can't tell on someone else, so you feel stuck. New Jersey's attorney general said that the state will update its use of force guidelines for the first time in two decades. In Maryland, which is where we are, a bipartisan work group of state lawmakers announced a police reform work group. Los Angeles City Council introduced motions to reduce the LAPD's $1.8 billion operating budget. Um, we didn't even talk about this, but I think one issue that police officers have is they are f- being forced to do things that they shouldn't have to do. They shouldn't be sh- social workers with carrying guns. Like there's so many other things. That, anyways, um, MBTA in Boston agrees to stop using public buses to transport police officers to protest. Police brutality captured on cameras lead to near immediate suspension of firings of officers in several cities, which includes Buffalo, Fort Lauderdale, and so on. Um, and then last one. Um, Monuments celebrating Confederates are removed in cities like Virginia, Alabama, and other states. Mm-hmm. So we're already seeing things happen because of the protests, and there's going to be a lot right. more things that are going to be happening that should happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so and that's, that's positive. That, I mean, that's the direction that, that that we need to be going in, and it's awesome that. Um, I mean, it's it's sad that it has to. It's taken all of, all of this to get to this point. And like you said, there's still such a long way to go, but it is, um, you know, encouraging that some things are starting to change and that people aren't just settling for the way things have always been. And, and I hope that we continue to move forward in that direction. Yeah. So we would just encourage you, whoever you are, whatever race you are listening is just um, in humility mm-hmm. to keep listening. Yeah. And when you're talking too much, it's hard to listen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so especially in this time period, to listen, to try to figure out what experiences that you don't understand and humility, ask God to guide you and where to go next. Yeah. Which is all we can really do, right? So Yeah, that's it. It's a tough it's a tough position uh that, that this world is in. But uh uh good news is that if we can still come together and we can still work together and, and we can make a difference united and and bring on some change. So let's just continue doing that. Thank you for listening to Not Your Mama's Christian Podcast. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a nice review. To support the podcast, you can go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash nymchristianpodcast. Music provided by The Revived. Check them out at therevivedmusic.com. Stay connected with us by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter and Instagram.